Hi everyone, this is Sarah C with Vanderpump Rules Party Podcast. Welcome to Patreon. Thank you guys so much for joining the Patreon. And yeah, we've been out of it for a little bit. I've been in Charleston and Holly was busy with a memorial service, sadly. So, um, but we're back and I'm going to touch on Charleston with Holly, but I really want to give most of the dirt here and kind of be unfiltered and all of that um, to give her a real opinion on what I experienced and saw. Um, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, it took, took quite a bit to get there. So I had a companion pass that I had to use by the end of January or I'd lose it. So it was a, a free ticket. So I took my friend who's up in Seattle so I had to, and I had a free ticket to Seattle because I was supposed to go there in November and I didn't go there because it was like blizzarding and too cold and blah, blah, blah. So I knew I had my free ticket up there. So I'm like, I'll just fly up there and we'll go from there. So I fly up there. I get in at like 7 PM and then we have a 1045 PM red eye flight. So I'm already like, okay, a couple flights in we fly from, cause there's no directs to Charleston. That's one of the bummers about that city is like. Now, someone told me that JetBlue goes from L.A. to Charleston now. It's, like, brand new. But, like, it's very hard to get to Charleston from any city direct. So, in our case, we had to go through New York, JFK, and that was a nightmare. Now, my last experience at JFK was me lying on the floor after BravoCon because I had food poisoning, but I just wanted to leave so badly I, like, risked taking the flight but there was no seats at JFK and I was so sick. So I had to lay on the dirty floor. Um, but when you're that sick, you don't really care. So sadly I have not had another pleasant experience at JFK after this trip. So our flight, our red eye from Seattle, it did take off a little late, probably a half an hour late. Um, but usually, um, Delta pads their time. So they're almost always early. So wasn't really worried about that. Had an hour, to catch my connecting flight to Charleston. So we get there plenty of time. It's like seven ten. We land my flight to Charleston takes off at eight. I can totally make that. I'm not sure if my bag will, but that's okay. Um, so we get there land. Well, we find this out later. Delta had opened up a brand new terminal and it was like the first day they were using it. So, I mean, it was terrible. There was no cell phone reception in the terminal. There was no Wi-Fi. There were no bathrooms. You had to go up like two escalators. It was like what could go wrong did go wrong. So they had trouble getting us to the gate um, to begin with. We sat on the tarmac for almost an hour and race off. It's like 8 a.m., there are another thing wrong with this terminal. There are no signs to show you what um, gate your connecting flight is in. So we're rushing to find one of those things, find one and look up Charleston and the gate. And it says departed. I just wanted to cry. Cause you know, you're so tired after a red eye flight anyways. And I was kind of pissed because there was like 30 people on our flight that were all missing connections. Um, so the, I really think they should have waited only because like, it's a matter of a couple minutes, like just wait a couple minutes. I understand my flight's two hours late, but 
like literally was 803 when I was looking at that board. And ironically, earlier, I had gotten a text alert that my flight to Charleston was going to be delayed a half an hour to 8.30, which would have been great. But then they bumped it back. So it's like, oh, so it's okay when you're late, but not okay when I'm late, which, and I'm only late because of your fault. So mad. So we go to the, you know, the desk where they rebook you. Oh yeah, you've been rebooked on the 7 p.m. flight. It's 7 a.m. right now. Well, almost 8. It's 8 a.m. Like, 7 p.m.? I'm like, well, there were some flights in the afternoon. I already looked. And they're like, oh, those are booked. I'm like, what are we supposed to do for 12 hours? Are you kidding? And no sleep? So mad. Um, I didn't even think to ask about hotel. Found out later I should have. I'm going to get this. Trust me, I will get this worked out. But I'm like, there's just no way I can wander around for 12 hours, especially this tired. So I get a hotel close to the airport for the day so I can shower, so I can sleep, just chill, you know, and not spend like $300 on food and bev for 12 hours or shopping, whatever it is that we'd have to do. So do that, but then leave the hotel like 4.30 to catch a shuttle to go back, just make sure we have enough time to get through security again, catch that 7 o'clock. Go there. Could have just stayed in the hotel. Oh, it's delayed. It's delayed. It's delayed. It's delayed. This was insane. People started gathering, like crowd gathering at the gate because they kept lying to us. They're like, um, the, yeah, the plane's here. We're just cleaning it. And then it'd be an hour later. They're still cleaning it. But finally, at one point, I yelled, we don't care. We'll take it dirty. Just stop cleaning. We want to go. And then the next excuse was they couldn't connect the jetway. And then the next excuse was they were just waiting for a couple more bags. I'm like, oh, so you'll delay a flight, a whole plane for a couple of bags, but you won't for a couple people. No, that makes no fucking sense. Are you kidding? So then the lady is like, okay, we'll be boarding in just a couple minutes here in a few minutes. And, you know probably 15 minutes goes by and then we see her kind of like saying goodbye or whatever to the gate agent who's like this scared young man like everyone's like attacking him and you can she's walking away and we're we were talking with like a couple other people who were a little more boisterous and, and loud and um it worked for us we're like cool let them do it we'll be here to support them and back them up and I'm like oh my god she's leaving she just said we were going to board in a few minutes, like 15 minutes ago, but now she's walking away. And so this lady that we were hanging out with, she's like, excuse me, excuse me. And the lady's like, what? She's like, you just said we were going to board in a few minutes and now you're leaving. And the lady's like, uh, um, well, there, uh, she had like no excuse. So she turns around, she goes back and talks to the, the guy at the gate and then she like goes down the jetway she's like radioing and she comes back out of the jetway and she's like okay we're gonna go ahead and start boarding now I think they got scared and I was like "Mm, I think they're gonna board us to appease us and then we're gonna sit out there for a fucking hour sure enough so they boarded us at like 10 40 when we were supposed to board at 7 p.m keep in mind and guess what we didn't take off till midnight 
oh, you know, waiting for a couple bags. Hmm, the plane's been sitting here for five hours. Why would you be waiting for bags? Oh, now we're going to de-ice. Oh, now we got to wait our line to de-ice. Now we have to wait in line for the truck. It's like just a lot of excuses. So we took off at midnight. Um, thank God I did get the hotel for the, the brief amount of time that I did. But again, we had to wait there for five hours. It was a nightmare. And then we're getting to Charleston and I was a little nervous because it was like late. At this point, it's late Saturday night, bordering Sunday morning. I know Charleston doesn't sell any alcohol in South Carolina on Sundays. And my friend really wants a drink. And I'm like, oh shit, I can't tell her this. And also, we're going to get there past 2 a.m. So like she can't even get a drink at the hotel bar or anything like that. I'm like, oh God help me. My my life's going to be hell. She's going to be so pissed. So I finally kind of like tell her. And so she starts asking people on the plane and this guy's like, well, not unless you know a bootlegger or I'm like, yeah, oh, okay. We're going to find a bootlegger. Um, but then he's like, well, you could go down to the Sphinx gas station right outside the airport. They have beer and wine. And so we get in our lift and she asks the lift driver to pull over to the Sphinx gas station, which she does. And she, she was not happy about it because she wanted hard liquor, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. So she got some wine. So at least we had some wine to wind down from our marathon 24 hours. Um, and then Sunday you can go to bars and restaurants and really isn't that the point of going to Charleston, not to sit in a room drinking, like who wants to do that? So it worked out and it was all fine. But yeah, it was, it was a lot to get there because basically we flew right off Friday night. It was a day late. So we got in Sunday morning and we're leaving Tuesday. So we really had to cram everything in very quickly. There was more, obviously I wanted to do. Um, we missed some of the evening stuff we would have liked to further investigate for you guys. Um, but I am going back. I'm going to go back when it's warm because I want to see like how hot and humid it gets. And also I just want to spend a little more time to get a, a good feel for the city because what I experienced, I really like, and I need to experience more to make some decisions. That's what I'm saying. So we did have dinner reservations at bourbon and bubbles on Saturday, but because we were not there, I had to cancel them. Um, I had also made reservations here for Monday um, for their martini Monday, as we saw on the show, thinking that would be a big thing and a thing to, a, you know, like a see you next Tuesday. So it, as it turns out, it was fine because I wouldn't have wanted to eat there twice, not because it was bad, but it was a very limited menu. Kind of in a way, it reminded me of Schwartz and Sandy's a little bit, where it's very limited menu. Like I like this stuff at Schwartz and Sandy's, but there's not a lot. Um, and same thing here. There wasn't a lot we could order. Um, you can go check out their menu at Bourbon and Bubbles. I think I'll talk about it in a few minutes on what we did have. So that was really pretty. I don't know why everyone keeps raving about Republic and it's like Levis Pride and Joy and Crown Jewel because really Bourbon and Bubbles like blows it away. It's much nicer. 
it's prettier the menus better they actually serve like craft cocktails you know how tj's like this is my profession and i'm a, you know the hottest bar whatever best bartender most sought after bartender in charleston and it's like but if you look at the republic's specialty cocktails literally it's red bull vodka with a splash of orange juice or tequila red bull with a splash of pineapple it's like that's not a craft cocktail what do you i mean it's like cheetos and lemonade frozen frosé um not a craft cocktail it requires zero skill whatsoever bourbon and bubbles does have um craft cocktails and they were very nice and we had um their martini monday special and so what that is i'm going to post some pictures on the patreon of like some of the cast houses that I went to. Um, and then some of you probably already saw on Instagram, maybe Facebook too, the Martini Monday menu versus their regular menu. So it seems like a really good deal because it's $7 instead of like $15 or $18. But they're mini. They're like miniature martinis. But they're really cute. They're in cute glasses. Um, so I tried a few. I think I tried three different drinks at, bourbon and bubbles and they were all very good and they were handcrafted cocktails they were not like what we had at republic so i i'm gonna get into republic <clears throat> so in the bourbon and bubbles <clears throat> it's a one room i guess obviously to reflect at bourbon that room is really cool it's like dark wood these like dark green chairs with gold trim and like these gold chandelier things um, it was really pretty. The colors were great. The bar lit up. Like it was just really nice, elegant. What's weird is I'm assuming then you go into the bubbles room. So it's like half, half is the bourbon room, half is the bubble room. It's like they ran out of budget. I would have expected a little more like Lisa Vanderpumpian type of room for bubbles. It was like, just like, I think it was just like plain white, but not like all white where it's, you know, a striking white room or something. It's just like they didn't paint. They had like this red couch that we sat on, but it had like little holes in the upholstery. So, you know, a little Sir-esque. Um, and then they had a couple chandeliers where the lights were like bubbles, like lavender bubbles. And those were cool. But it's just like that's all there was. And right next to the bubble chandelier was like a TV like on the edge of the wall. Like it totally was not like feng shui. It was not balanced. It's like they just like, where can we hang up a TV? And they stuck it up there on like this little splotch that they had. Right next to the bubble chandelier, which really diminished the chandelier. Like let that be a piece on its own. Don't, don't like devalue it by putting this stupid TV next to it. Um, and they had the TV there, very much like Sir, to play Southern Hospitality. And it was Monday, so it was playing the new episode. Um, but I didn't, I wasn't impressed with the, the Bubbles Room. It just didn't flow aesthetically. It kind of looked cheap. But the bourbon side, very good. Um, we did find out that they are filming. We talked to a few, like, door um, people and they said they've been filming. And sadly, the day we left, I saw that Taylor and Austin were filming at this bar prohibition that we had just been at. So we just missed them filming. 
and we were also at Craig's store and I think he was there the next day filming. So it's like, ah, I don't really care about Craig. I just saw him at BravoCon. I was like, we did go in his store. I mean, it's, it's really boring. You guys, like I picked up, I I showed my friend the um, pillowcase that he had at BravoCon, which I didn't buy because I thought it was ridiculous. It was like 40 some dollars. And that was like the BravoCon special. I picked up the the pillowcase to show her and it was $58. It's like that one with like the multicolored crab on it. And it's so like rough textured. It's like you would not want your face against that pillow. Like if you're going to lay down and use that throw pillow, you'd have to turn it around or put a blanket over it. It's like rough and it's stupid looking like I don't get it. I mean, it's fine, but $58, that doesn't even include that. That's unstuffed. That does not include the pillow. And then the pillows he had there stuffed were like super squishy, like super cheap. So you'd want to restuff them anyways. I don't know. Not impressed. Um, I took a, a very short video and a picture, so I'll post the Sewing Down South store as well. It's like literally across the street from Republic. Um, so everything's on King street. Um, so Leva's places, she really maximizes the real estate here. So basically I think she rents one part of a building and then she like made three restaurants out of it because her three are all in the same building. In fact, her sports bar first place shares the same wall as bourbon and bubbles and the doors are like a foot apart. So, um, we did go into first place for one of the football games. It was packed. It was fine. It's just a sports bar. We didn't eat cause we were eating. Um, oh, I think we'd already ate. That's what it was. So we just had a beer. Um, it was fine. Nothing special. Um, next door is bourbon and bubbles. And then next door to that is Mesu which is kind of weird. It's like a Mexican sake bar. So it's like Mexican food and sushi. It was definitely a very, very fast casual place. Like, you know, colorful steel chairs just sitting outside. I think you probably walk up to the window and order. I didn't really see servers. Um, very casual. And then about two blocks down is Republic. And I've got a whole review on that. Okay, but first, let me just, like, finish my bourbon and bubbles experience. Um, because that's where we got some tea. Um, let me also add, you know, when they're like, oh, Maddie's like, I told this group of six they'd have a VIP table over at bourbon and bubbles. Okay, I don't know where these VIP tables are. Like, everything is just, like, a table. Or it's like um, Sir and Tom Tom. They're like couches. And then on the other side, like the tiny little mushroom stools. There's no VIP area. And while we're on the topic of that, Republic and this VIP shit that they're selling for like 500 a package. A total ripoff. There's no VIP area. It's ridiculous. Okay, I gotta, I gotta wait on the Republic stuff. So when we're at Bourbon and Bubbles, okay, you guys, I brought my cards. I was going to put them all in the bathrooms, um, but nobody was ever there. So it really kind of seemed pointless. 
And then like they were always about to close. So I was like, what am I going to put these in here for? The cleaning crew to take them? So the TV was playing Southern Hospitality and it was the new episode. So it was like airing live. And so rather than tell our server like, oh, we have a podcast. Oh, we recap. My friend asked... What, why do you have this TV on? It kind of doesn't really go with like the bar because it doesn't like, and what this random show, what, what is this about? And he's like, Oh, he's like, have you heard of a show called Southern charm? And she's like, mm, no, we don't really watch reality. And I'm like, we like, what are you like referring to us? Like we're a couple or something <laughs> like easy lady. Um, but I thought it was funny. She's like, well, we don't really watch reality. Is that, is that what it is? And uh, he's like, yeah. So he explains the whole thing. Uh, he's like, there's this woman named Leva and she owns all these bars and restaurants and that, 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 that. So he's, he's given us the rundown of what this show is. And he's like, and you know, one of the people works here. And in fact, they wanted me to be on the show and date her or be her boyfriend. But I said no, because a, I had a girlfriend. I don't think she'd be down for that. And B, I wasn't really into her. She's an airhead. Like, she's kind of a nightmare to work with. Like, everybody has to do all her work for her. She doesn't show up. He's like, in fact, she's supposed to be here tonight. She should be here any minute. And he goes, in fact, I think a couple of them are supposed to be here right now. So we're like, oh, cool. Right. Perfect. We're getting the inside track. We'll stay here. We'll keep drinking. Um, And... My friend's like, oh, okay, so one of them works here. He goes, yeah, if you're watching the TV, he goes, she's the one with the smushed-in face. And I about died. Like, I bowled over, like, about to, like, bust up. Because I'm like, what the fuck? That's such a messed up thing to say, but actually, it's true. And he did follow it up by saying, oh, I mean, she's gorgeous. But, you know, her face it looks like it's, like, smushed in. It's like, it's actually accurate. And I'm not trying to be mean either. I just like, she is gorgeous, but it does kind of look like that. Um, so that was kind of funny that he said that. Um, he's like, she's, she was cast as like the villain of the show. And so my friend's like cast. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, you know, all of this. He's like, it's not scripted per se. He goes, but, uh, production has all their storylines. And basically he you know, he tells them, okay, here's what needs to happen. Here's the story. Here's what you got to do. And then the cast just does it, you know, where they, you know, they improvise their own words. So that part's real, but it's all planned out and manufactured. He's like, it's, it's like 80% already manufactured story plotted. Um, so that was interesting. And it really makes sense because when you think, you know how we were talking about some of the scenes just not making sense? Like when they're at the park for Grace Lily's birthday party, tea party, whatever, and they do the little things in a hat and one says, Mikel doesn't deserve to work at Republic and how he freaked out. Like his reaction was so over the top of what it should be. Like, ridiculous. He was ranting and raving and screaming and throwing his arms and stomping off and yelling. And I was like, just for a dumb little, you know. Um, I've just seen that a lot where everything seems kind of forced and made up. And 
you know, I don't know. They're, they're playing it. It's not just happening. So that really resonated because it really makes the show make a lot more sense, I think. So, um, interestingly enough, pretty much everyone had cleared out of Bourbon and Bubbles and we're like, okay. And she never showed up, nor did anyone else. So then we're like, well, let's go down to Republic because aren't they supposed to have a martini Monday too? And it was a weekend holiday. Let's go down there. So we finished our drinks. I think I had, yeah, I had like a peanut butter whiskey drink that was really good. And then I had like a rosemary martini. I forget what else, but the food. Okay. We had the ricotta and spinach arancini balls. Just meh. I'm not a big arancini person, but there was a really hardly anything we could eat. Um, we had the short ribs on goat cheese polenta, but I can't eat goat cheese. So I didn't really eat that. What was amazing though, if you are going get the bruschetta, um, it's like, it's brie bourbon sauteed apples and candied pecans on like a bread thing. And it was so good. Um, so that's what we had. So then we left there. And we went down to Republic and it was closed. So I don't know. Check the hours. I had checked the hours and it said open till 2 a.m. And like someone that had written in like highlighter, MLK hours may vary. Well, it was MLK day, but I'm like, may vary. You're closed. So like vary as in no hours. I mean, just be a little more clear. So we didn't get to go there to Republic at night. So we had gone there the day before during the day, um, to just check it out. I had never really wanted to go at night anyways, cause it just looks kind of like a cesspool and I'm not really into like clubbing, but I had wanted to go to the garden lounge. You know, that looks kind of pretty on, on TV. Yeah, n- not so much. So we go in, it's like pavement and there's like black splotches of like old gum that had been removed all over the pavement. The tables are like, you know, like the steel with the little holes in it, um, patio furniture, like, like cheap, heavy patio furniture you would have like at an apartment complex, um, like not cute or anything like, you know, it could be wrought iron or it could be teak or it could be, you know, just judge it up a little bit. Right. No, it was just very basic, very apartment complex, like apartment pool patio furniture. So was not impressed with that. And then like the back part of the patio on the show, it shows like a grassy wall that says you are beautiful. Well, that was a TV. It was playing the football game. So that was like a big grainy TV. And then they had these huge like wooden booths. But they it was, they looked like coffins. They they weren't like I don't know, it was just like just big planks of wood. It was it was not pretty. It was very 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 basic and very 
unattractive. And then you had the bar. And so along the bars, like this, you know, looks kind of like a Spanish tile thing, but it's the sticky peel off, you know, that you can do in your kid's room or whatever. Um, It's not real tile. So that cheapens it. And then the bar above, you'll see like the florals hanging, you know, like the, the strips of white flowers that are hanging down. There's some... Uh, ferns there's some like I don't know red flowers whatever it's all fake it's all from fucking Michaels it looks so cheap it's like a fern like a fern you can't even kill a fern like at least use a real fern like go to Lisa's if you go into pump if you go into sir you're gonna see some real flowers okay yes you can also use some fake but like there was nothing. It was so tacky looking in person. It, so whatever they're filming, they film like with some great filters and great lighting because it looked like a dirty pit. So we sat down. None of the cocktails looked appealing at all. So it just ordered... Um... Okay, so they had... Tequila and these are specialty cocktails. Tequila and Red Bull with a splash of OJ. Um, second one, Frosé. Okay, not a specialty cocktail. Third one, Tito's and frozen lemonade. Next one, Belvedere Organic Infusions and Club Soda. Okay, now that may sound like a craft cocktail, but it's not. It's just like the you guys see the kettle one, organic infusions. It's already vodka. The vodka company did the infusion, not the bar. It's just vodka you buy that's already, like, flavored. So all TJ is doing is adding club soda and calling it a craft specialty cocktail? Come on, man. It's a vodka soda, okay? Just saying. So we sit down and just order our own specialty drinks called a Greyhound, okay? Um, our bartender was nice. He was attentive, Um, but over there is good old TJ. And let me just tell you, it was a cold, gloomy day. It had rained on and off and he's out there in his sunglasses. And also there's no sun in the patio because the sun's not out. So I don't know if he was just hungover or if he thinks like just, he's going to get recognized so much. He has to put his sunglasses on. Okay. The guy, the whole time we were there, didn't make a single drink. We had a couple drinks each. Um, he just was talking with someone at the bar the whole time, looking at his phone, showing pictures on his phone. Never wants me to drink. Our bartender is like hustling around. Like it's not crowded at all, but he's the one doing the, all the work. Um, there was probably what, like one, two, three, maybe four people at the bar. Then there was like a, a couple back in like the coffin booths and then us sitting at the steel table. Well, our bartender had gone inside and my friend went up to order more drinks and TJ's not coming down, not coming down. She's like, excuse me. And he just looks at her and then looks away and she's like, hello, like waving her arm. And finally, like after three attempts, he like walks down. He's like, yes. She's like, can I get a couple drinks? So then I was like, Okay, and then I think he realized, like, we didn't want a picture with him. 
And so he took his sunglasses off eventually. Um, there were a few people as we were about ready to leave that asked for pictures with him, but, um, we did not. And yeah, he seemed, he had an attitude. He seemed very, you know, I think he thought he was a bit of a celebrity. So not a fan and boy, he must be 80 pounds. Like he looks like he's 11. It, it was shocking. Not saying it in a bad way. I'm just, wow. You know, people can be much smaller than they appear on TV. Okay. So yeah, the, the place was just, and then, so we go in, you have to go inside to go to the bathroom. I'm like, perfect. This way we can see the inside without having to go clubbing. So we go inside to take videos. I will post those in the Patreon group too. Um, Oh my gosh. So you go in, there's a door between the garden, outside garden. I, I can't even call it a garden. Between the outside area and the inside. As soon as you open the door, there's like this little square with like, I don't know if it's like a little wooden square dance floor and two black leather couches that are like, they're not even couches. They're like straight up. So it's like, you can't lounge in there. You, you pretty much just have to like sit straight up. Um, with two pylons with a red, um, belt across it. So this is the VIP area. It's really sad. Um, it's not even a velvet rope. It's like, you know, you know, when you're in the airport and they make you go through little mouse maze at security, those black belts connected by to pylons. That's what it was. It was like, but it was just red. I'm like, you can't even do a velvet rope. Come on. And so they're right by the door to outside. So people are constantly going in and out. That would be very distracting to me. And then they're also right in front of the bathrooms. Um, gross because you're going to get those smells coming in and wafting in and out right into your little VIP area. And also like if you're trying to be a VIP, like you're going to have all these people. And then on the other side, so let's think of it. They're, they're in like a rectangular box. Um, the bottom left corner of that box is the indoor outdoor door. The right corner of that box is the bathroom. Then the top right kind of back point of that box is the entrance to the kitchen. So constantly going to have runners, food runners, birthday, sparkler runners, drink runners, whatever going, coming out of that. I don't know. It just seems like really ill-placed. And that's the only VIP area I can see because we're like, you'll see in the pictures, it looks nothing. The, the show makes it look so much bigger. It is one room. Like it is. Okay. So it's very, very similar to the same size room that Schwartz and Sandy's is. So it's just one room with a bar and then along the edge. So there's no like real cocktail bars or whatever along the edge is, you know, super long couch with a two top table. And then you're on like a little mushroom stool on the other side. So like probably like 10 different, like two tops, or I suppose could be four tops, but you'd be really struggling for a room. Um, there was no like VIP tables or areas or special specialness. You'll see in my videos, I don't know why anyone would pay 
like $500 or I think it could go up. I think it said the VIPs were like 500 to 2000. Oh my God. Do not. I do not understand how they can be like, this is the most elevated club in the South. It's like, not even close. In fact, the club that Mikkel got in trouble for promoting ritual was like a million times better. It's like beautiful flowers, rooftop. There's a lot of places a lot better. There's this cool place called Felix. There's, I mean, there's just a lot better places. So they're delusional. I mean, this is like, oof, I don't know, like spring break maybe. And then like the hills, 2007, Ladue. I don't know. Ladue's bigger though. Very cheesy, very dated. Um, the menu, oh my gosh. And then they have a dress code. Okay. No Jordans of any kind. No high top sneakers no jerseys tank tops pants and shorts must have a belt loop and must be worn around the waist okay i can respect that no athletic shorts um no ripped jeans no graphic t-shirts no slippers or slides or crocs flip-flops or non-designer flip-flops so i was like is Javianas considered a designer flip-flop? Because that's what I wear, okay? Um, yeah, like you would think it was very elite, but it's like very... How can they have that dress code and then serve the menu that they have? The, I already told you the drinks. The menu... Okay, let me find it. It. How can you say you're an elevated club... And then your menu is like fry board, which is French fries, sweet potato fries, tater tots, um, cheese curds. Oh, curly fries and waffle fries. Okay. And then you have like giant Bavarian pretzel. Like, I mean, I like this stuff, but this is not like elevated food. Nachos, chicken wings. Um... Fried pickles. Then you have like your standard burger. Chicken tenders on a basket of fries. I mean, what the fuck? This is not elevated food. Like, I did not want to eat here. So, we did not eat there. We just had a couple drinks. So, all in all, I don't get why Republic is her thing. Um... Definitely not the best club in the South. I have been to far better places in Nashville and New Orleans, Savannah. I'm sure there's places in Atlanta that blow this place away. Don't get it. Definitely not even the best club in Charleston. Not even close. Not even close. Um, yeah. I was shocked to find out Charleston's only 150,000 people. When you think about Huntington Beach, which, you know, most people haven't even heard of Huntington Beach. That's 200,000 people. So kind of crazy. What else happened? Uh, uh, uh. Um, Rituals menu, on the other hand, looked good. They had, like, a really fun menu of, like, fun different shots. Like, a shot called the Gold Digger. Um, Urban Social was nice. They had... 
It's kind of sports bar-y, but then they have this nice rooftop bar. Um, yeah. All right, so then we went to look at some of the cast houses. I didn't really bother with anyone on Southern Hospitality because it seems like, you know, they just all live in little apartments and, like, who cares? I did forget, though, about Grace Lily's parents' house because that did look cool on the show. But eh, we saw enough houses looking like that. Like Olivia's parents' house. Oh, to die for. Olivia from Southern Charm. Olivia Flowers. You guys can Google it. I did take some pictures of what I could. They live out on Isle of Palms, and that's probably where I would live if I moved there. Um, Shep moved there to get away from the city so he could, like, slow down on his drinking at one point during the show. Um, I know Austin goes out there. There's a barbecue place out there that they filmed at. Um, just beach bars, beautiful beach, beautiful homes. Um, so Olivia lives on, there's like an intercoastal waterway. I don't know if it's a river or what. Um, you know, like the low country with the grass in it and that sort of thing. And all the docks out there. So they have one of those long docks and a huge boat at the end of it. Um, her house was massive, super cool, old Southern style. They have a lot of land, like their lot was massive, and then right next to it is this huge empty lot um, with their own dock. So Olivia's was super cool. So all the houses along that like waterway, they're just, if you go across the street, there's just a couple blocks from them, the ocean. So it's an ideal place to live because you've got, you know, both sides of the water, and then just down a little bit is like the open causeway where they can take your boat from the dock on that interior water right out into the open ocean so amazing area um right next to that so in between charleston and isle of palms is mount pleasant where a lot of them live i know cameron lives out there craig lives out there naomi we went to naomi's house that when she and craig lived there it was her parents house that was also like, you know, big old house with the steps going up there. But when you go into their little enclave, there's like <coughs> three houses right next to each other. So like if you back out or have to turn around, you have to like go into the um, neighbor's like driveway to turn around. So it was a little unnerving because they're like right there and having this huge Dodge Ram truck like it's got the whole like Hemi it's a Hemi um they were out of all the cars so she said they only had minivans or trucks and I just thought when in Rome I gotta gotta I gotta have a truck so it was this massive truck that quite frankly was very difficult to get in and out of it's like I had to hike up five feet and then like parachute down to get out Anyways, um, so I'm in this huge truck and I'm trying to like nine point turn my way in and then out and I'm in Naomi's driveway and all of a sudden I heard like crackle, crackle, crunch. I'm like, oh shit. And it was so loud. I thought like the other neighbors were going to run out 
And I don't know what it was, but I looked down and I did see like the little like garden lights. So I thought, oh shit, I just smashed one of those. But then I looked at my tires and they were on the, the driveway pavement. So I think they were, no one was living at Naomi's. They were doing construction. They had like the porta potty and the construction dumpster. So I think it was probably just like a can or something that I scrunched. But after that, I wanted to get the hell out of there. So I, I did stick around. So I only got a couple pictures there. I didn't park and like walk around to the front side, but she is also on the water. It's just like a different part of the water because she's further out down into Mount Pleasant. Like she's not right by the ocean like Olivia's parents are. So saw that one. Um, went by Craig's. Was not impressed. Um, it looked really like hoardery in the backyard. Like a lot of like dead, deserted, potted plants. Like just clutter everywhere. Um, I don't know. I thought his house was ugly. It's not at all what it looked like online. So saw the porch. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird because it's it's quite a ways out of town. So, like, if he's going out getting wasted all the time, I would imagine he'd be just, like, sleeping at Austin's because, or just spending a lot of money on Ubers because he's got to go all the way across the Ravenel Bridge to get to Mount Pleasant. So, that'd be a lot of Ubers, um, a lot of Uber money. So, maybe that's why him and Austin got to be so close because he'd probably just crash at Austin's, which we went to, and to be honest with you, was terrifying. His house looks new and nice. Um, I don't know if he owns it or if he rents. But his neighborhood is a scary AF. Like, we didn't even want to stop. Like, basically took pictures as we were driving. Not me. My friend took the pictures. Um, We considered stopping. But thought better of it not to. We had stopped nearby at a gas station. And... I felt very uneasy. I I was waiting in the truck while my friend went into the gas station. And I moved a couple times. I rolled up my windows. I thought about circling because it was scary to be there. I'll just leave it at that. The houses, like the balconies, are at a slant going downwards. So like the buildings were very dilapidated and crumbling um, around very, very around Austin's area, so I just kept thinking, I how you know just people walking around on the street, drinking and and other things we saw, it just wasn't it didn't feel comfortable being there. Um, so I was just thinking of all the times that Austin goes out and gets wasted and stumbles home at two a.m. I'd be a little nervous if I was him. Granted, he's a big dude. But it doesn't matter if there's, like, guns or whatever. So, I don't know. It's, it's a scary neighborhood. Wouldn't want to be walking around there. Um, And then pretty close to that is the palace that Shep used to own. That bar he owned called the Palace Hotel, but it was a bar. <coughs> I know that got closed down a long time ago and he doesn't own it anymore. It does look like they renovated it and, like, they're looking to possibly reopen it. So, got a couple pictures of that. We went over the Ravenel Bridge. That was interesting. Um, pretty pretty cool. 
Um, we did go on a ghost tour and heard a lot about the Ravenels. I saw the original Ravenel house that they've been living in since 1796, and they still live there um, to this day. In fact, it was interesting while we were there. Thomas's dad actually died while we were there. Um, so I'll talk about the Ravenels in a little bit. Um, we saw Catherine's pink house. It was like the pink apartment she lived in a couple seasons ago. Um, that was cute. It's, you have to access it through an alley. She's just down the alley from the country's oldest liquor store and oldest tavern. So you can go get a picture there and then walk over to Catherine's old pink apartment. Um, then we went to Madison's house. So Madison just bought a um, house with her new husband. And very, very modest, cute, you know, very, very normal. But downtown, like, like she can't walk home from the bars on King Street, but like she's five minutes away. Um, pr- probably five minutes away from Patricia's, five to ten minutes. Um, just very, very normal. I will post a picture and label that in the group in the patreon group and facebook maybe ships i couldn't really i know he sold his one house and then he's like living in that ugly blue one with the weird windows or windowless house but then it said he was living in this other place so we drove by this other place and i don't know if he's living in there or not but it said may 2022 so Snap to pick, anyways. And, and yeah, and then the Ravenel house. So I'll talk about that. So kind of creepy. So it's like three stories. It's got these, you know, big porches, balcony porches, and they it overlooks Washington Park. Well, the history of Washington Park, there it was where all like homeless, um, mentally uh ill people that there was a, a insane asylum they said and they just closed it and let everyone out so all the refugees from that just lived in this park amongst this um the sick that just got thrown out if anyone had any kind of contagious disease they'd throw them in this park um criminals homeless um just just this melting pot of people um, with unfortunate circumstances and people just, just died there and they just keep burying them body on top of body. Um, basically the whole city you're, you're building and standing and living on dead bodies. It's really alarming. The stories I heard, but that whole park, they said it was just constant, you know, Dying people, dead people, bodies laying around, um, criminals, like everything I just said. And this, I just kept thinking, and then there's the Ravenel house that just like borders it and it's like within two feet. It's, it's right on the edge of the park and it's not a big park. I'm like, are they sitting out on their like balconies and porches? Like this is their view. Like how gross that must feel to be like you'd have to feel so like privileged to be like, Oh, look, I, I don't know. I don't know how they could do it. Um, and then you think about the smell too. If everyone's just dying there, it's just gotta be wafting into your house, but I don't know. I think I'd move. I wouldn't be want to be able to like 
I'd feel so guilty living in this palatial house and then watching everyone just suffer like that. It just seems rough. But maybe that explains why some of the Ravenals are the way they are. No, I really don't know about any of them except for Thomas. So they had this one um, gal named... um, Oh, so they said, okay, where we were even standing, we were only like on top of like one to two bodies deep, like underneath us. So literally you could get out your garden digger and hit a body. They say every time they do construction, they dig up bodies and bones. I mean, <coughs> I don't, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of history, we'll say. So there's this girl, Anna Ravenel, that lived at that house. And she was in love with this boy and he lived over on Sullivan's Island. Now it's kind of like a rough sea to get to Sullivan's Island, but she would row there at night to go see him. So when she was like, 11, 12, 13 years old. So pretty tough. Um, But her parents did not want her to be with him. They refused. And they couldn't keep her away from him. So they decided to send her out to their country cabin. But, like, there was no, like, water, electricity, or anything out there. Um, Well, she was exposed to the elements so bad, she died, like, within a week of being out there. Well, her lover, his name was Ed Perry... He kept waiting for her for like three years, just waiting, looking, watching. Um, and then eventually he just gave up and he moved to Maryland. And it turns out Ed Perry is actually Edgar Allan Poe. And it is said the book Goldbug is, she is the character in that book. Annabelle Lee Ravenel is her name. And that's the character I think Annabelle's a character in that book. I don't know. A little interesting. But this house, this Ravenel house that overlooks Washington Park, um, supposed to be haunted by the ghosts of Edgar and Anna because they keep waiting on the porch, looking out for each other, trying to find each other, and they just never can. Pretty sad. So we got a lot of ghost stories. We saw Hamilton's house. We saw Darius Rucker's house. Um, oh my God, the story of the exchange. So we went to the exchange. You guys remember that from where um, they held the gala or the ball. And I remember when Catherine was outside fighting with Ashley, like that whole scene. Um, you'll probably recognize it when I post pictures. It looked bigger on TV when it was all lit up and everything. Well, they don't rent it out anymore. We talked to the ladies at work there. Um, who were like in full gear, like bonnets and everything. Um, they used to rent out the top floor, but because people just didn't treat it properly, um, they stopped renting it out. Huh. My money's on the camera crew. Remember Holly always says how they just damage the walls and the floors so much. I bet it was a camera crew from when they filmed there. I think they filmed there a couple times. And notice they don't film there anymore. So I can't believe they actually held that gala there. Or I think they did it twice. If you knew the history of this place, I think you need to be one sick motherfucker to want to be holding some, like, privileged gala when you know what happened here. It is horrifying. Horrifying. So this is... 
Charleston's waterline used to come up right to the exchange. And this is a place where they would bring in all the slaves. That was the first stop. And so they'd put them in the basement of this exchange building. And then they'd also put criminals down there, pirates. They'd put dying and um, sick and diseased people um, down there. And they'd shackle them all together. And then, like, if there was a storm, it would flood all the time. So a lot of the people in the basement were below then sea level, and they'd just drown. <coughs> and they'd be shackled to one another. And every week, someone had to come in and clean out all the bodies. Um, but in other times, you'd be shackled next to someone with yellow fever or with one of the contagious diseases at the time. And if they died, you'd have to wait. A week until the the body keeper guy would come and remove the dead bodies. So imagine all that like flooded water, the the bugs that that attracts, decomposing bodies, and you're shackled to it. Such insane, cruel, cruel treatment and behavior. Um, so that that building and that basement, as you can imagine, very haunted, very haunted. Um, so many people died there. It's disgusting. So to dance and celebrate and dress up and it just seems really, really tacky to me. I don't know. I mean, I know it's a long time ago, but have some respect. So that's very haunted. I did not go down into the basement. I did not want to. Um, they were saying that, you know, it was very much had the vibe of like a concentration camp. And I have been to one of those, and once was enough. I will tell you, you can feel it, you can smell it, you can... Yeah, I don't want to go in that basement, and I really um, can't believe that uh, they're holding gallows there. Just saying. So, then there's this... Okay, is this the exchange too? I don't know. There's a story of this girl. Her parents were trying to marry these, like, this family. Like, there was a couple boys she could choose from. And she never, she hated them. She didn't want to. So she kept saying, no, no, no. Then the dad was dying. And he made a stipula stipulation that the girl had to marry someone within 30 days of his death. Or he'd give all his money and estate to these boys anyways. So she found a, a boy um, she was friends with this biracial boy, so obviously pretty controversial back then, um, that she had grown up with that she said he's the only one he, um, she can trust. So she was marrying him, but as she was, like, getting ready, she was, like, not feeling well. And then as she's walking down the aisle, like, she starts bleeding out of her mouth and her ears and then faints and, like, dies. And so the rumor is is that the boys she didn't marry poisoned her or probably had one of her bridesmaids because they probably like hey poison her and then you can marry me and we'll get all this money you know straight up out of a lifetime movie um so she haunts the place and so a lot of people get married here um this is at a church this isn't the exchange a lot of people get married but she haunts it if she doesn't think that like the groom is in it for the right reasons or it's not a good match she'll like trip the bride or she'll do something to mess it up 
So kind of interesting. I kind of want to go, um, try to get married there just to see if it, if it works. Um, they have this street again, you're walking on, <coughs> you're walking on dead bodies. It's called Chal Chalmers street used to be like pirate alley. So all these pirates would come into Charleston and they're dangerous. They murdered people. They robbed people. They stole, but they spent a lot of money and stimulated the economy. So the Charleston leaders said, it's fine, but you have to stay here's You can have your own street. So they had all these streets with these punch houses, which are like taverns on the bottom and brothels on the top. And the pirates could just do whatever they wanted. So like if they go up to a brothel and the prostitute didn't, he didn't like her services to his liking. He could just pull her out on the street and beat her to death and leave her there. That was like all legal. So every morning you'd wake up with dead bodies on the streets and it was up to the homeowners to clean it up. If it's on their property, like that no one comes in and does it. So, um, they say no one, no one really goes on Charmel street unless you own a home there. Um, very haunted. A lot of, a lot of people died there. Um, the really sad one is this circular church that this little girl was buried in. She was dying. She had diphtheria. I guess it's very contagious. And so the doctors, like she fell into a coma, but because she, the doctors didn't see her like, or hear her breathing, they just thought she was dead and they didn't want to get too close because I guess it's contagious. So they buried this little girl and then there was a hurricane that came in and tore up the graveyard and her family went in there like looking and they found her coffin, but the coffin was empty, but it had all these like scratch marks on it. And then they found her and she was like in this little fetal position, her nails all like torn off. She was not dead. She was buried alive and she spent like 10 days trying to claw her way out. So horrible. Ugh. I mean, this city, man. Her name was Maddie Parker. Um, okay. The exchange, the keepers. Oof. Anyways. Um, so that's something to think about. And then they also have the second biggest fault line in the country next to San Andreas Fault. So they get hurricanes and earthquakes. So... I would say, I would think I would love to live there, but I'd have to really give some thought to all the bodies in the ground. Don't really want to, you know, come across that. Um, the hurricanes and earthquakes, I guess I'm not, <clears throat> I don't think their earthquakes are very often. Um, we'll see what the weather's like in the summer, if it gets real humid, but, uh, I don't know, some red flags, but it's also a really nice place. We were talking to someone and he was saying he kind of wants to move. He was saying out West because while he loves it there and he's from there, he said like people at the bars and even his own group of friends are still kind of like old boy privileged, say inappropriate things. Like basically he was saying, they'll still say shit that you shouldn't say, you know, when describing people calling this person that or that person that it's just still very common. 
So, I don't know. It might be a little too old school for me. But it's beautiful. And I don't know. What do you guys think? Shri Bastina, you live there. Give me the 411. Um, okay. We'll get into some VPR stuff with Holly. I think we're going to podcast on Monday. Oh, Patricia's house. Save that one for the last. Massive. Beautiful. Everything you'd imagine it would be, it is. Also very hard to see because she has really thick hedges that are really tall. You would think like hedges you could squeeze your eye through. I mean, you can, but I couldn't even see the pool. Like she's really got it tight, tight, uh, tightened up. Like you can't see much. So I was just holding my phone above like the retaining wall and just like clicking, hoping I would get something. Um, but very pretty. Um, obviously it has a history there. It used to be the library. So there's a sign out front, like a historical sign. I'll post that as well. Um, nice, nice area. She's right kind of in the heart of town. So yeah, that's about it. So had fun there. I love it. I wish you've got more dirt or saw more people, but, um, maybe when I go, I'm going to try and go this summer or something. We'll see. Thanks for joining. Talk to you soon. Bye.